It's fantastic to uh, have Keith speaking to us. I've really enjoyed the last year or so having some regular coffees with Keith, being challenged and encouraged, and also picking up stuff that he's learning um, from 24-7 in his role there and, and all the things that God's doing in his life. Um, and we thank God for that. So, yeah. Amen, Keith. Off you go. Thanks, mate. Um, so, my name's Keith. Um, I think most of you know me, but those that don't, here's a, a very quick summary of my life. Um, I've been part of River Church for over 30 years. That deserves a round of applause. Um, I don't say that to impress you. Uh, I, uh, as Paul said, I've got, I spend part of my working week working for 24-7 prayer. Don't say that to impress you either. Um, and I spend the other part of my week uh, running a small sort of tech startup business. Uh, I don't say that to impress you either. Um, and, but the most important thing you need to know about me is that I'm married to the beautiful Kaz. And have, uh, we have a lovely daughter called Isabella Joy. And she is a joy. And she challenges me. And uh, her faith and her childlike faith in the Lord challenges me every day. So I do say that to impress you. Um, so I've got the, uh, the privilege, it's Palm Sunday today, so I was thinking what would be cool is let's do, let's, do, uh, let's do an air high five, so everyone give me an air high five, good stuff, right, that's Palm Sunday done. Okay, um, so I've got the privilege this morning of speak. Oh, I need to start this timer because I'm limited on time, uh, uh, the privilege to speak to you this morning, it's the last Sunday of the um, series going through Matthew looking at living uh, the old story in a new day. And uh, obviously next weekend is Easter weekend, Easter Sunday, so it's kind of a, it's kind of a good, good time to be speaking this morning. So, are you ready to come on a bit of a quick journey with me? It might be a bumpy ride, but uh, are, you all, are you all on board? Let's do this. Okay, so, um, so last in the series of Living the Old Story, so let's just have a quick recap of what we've done so far in this series, okay? I'm not going to... I'm not going to ask questions and get you to answer because I you know, don't think that's fair because I managed to look through all the notes and work it all out and I couldn't remember half of it. Okay, so we have walked in faith and trusted God. We have lived free even though we're not yet in the promised land. We have overcome temptation by choosing to commune with God. We've adopted healthy rhythms through Sabbath, celebration and jubilee. We have been transformed by following the commands of God. We have represented God to be the light of the world. We have been set apart to serve to be like Jesus. We have hosted his presence to be filled with the Spirit. And we have shared abundant life to be generous to others. We've pretty much done it, haven't we, guys? Like, we have smashed it. So, uh, so the final part of the series today is uh, bringing salvation. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Now, here's the thing. Who, uh, who arrived here this morning? Oh, hello to everyone on Zoom. You haven't arrived here this morning, but welcome. Uh, who arrived here this morning, people in the room, and you basically either just left your house and started walking, or you got in your car, and you just, every time you came to a junction, you just thought, which way should I go, left or right? Did anyone get here randomly by just choosing a random set of decisions this morning? No. So we decided, we left our houses this morning thinking we are going to church. We are going to end up in this place and that's why you're here this morning. Um, and so I think it's important to understand where you want to get to 
to work out how you're going to get there. Okay? So uh, in any, any of life's decisions, it's quite good to have the sat-nav principle, which is what I kind of work to, which is when you work on a sat-nav, you plug in where you want to get to, and sat, you know how sat-navs work. Sat-navs work on the basis that they, they start the destination and work their way back to where you are at now. And so that's kind of what I think we should do. So this morning, I'm going to mix up a little bit, and we're going to start with the response. I told you it was going to be a little bit of a bumpy ride. But we're going to start to where we want to get to. So what I want us to do is just take a minute right now and think about what is it we want God to do for us this morning? What is it we want God to say to us this morning? What is it we're expecting this morning? What is it we're hoping to receive from the Lord this morning? Because if we haven't got some expectation, it's unlikely we'll get to the destination we want to get to. We'll start making random decisions as we go through. So throughout this talk, we're going to stop and reflect. Is that all right? Cool. So let's do that now. Let's just take... We haven't got a minute because I've only got 15 minutes to talk, but um, we'll, we'll have like 15 seconds just now just to say, God, what is it you want to say to me this morning? also gives me a good chance to read my next bit of notes. But it's more important this morning that you hear from God than you hear from me, right? I might have some clever words, I might have prepared some stuff, it might be, it might be good, but it's not going to change your life unless God interacts with it, okay? So it's more important you hear from God this morning, and if we don't get through all this, we don't really care. Okay, well I don't care. Okay, so let's talk a bit about salvation. So the definition of salvation is the deliverance from power and penalty of sin. It's basically redemption so uh salvation as we know is you it's really simple you pray a prayer and you're saved right it's it's, it's quite a straightforward moment salvation is that's what it boils down to it's basically saying i'm rejecting living the way i live and i'm recognizing jesus's impact in my life and i'm going to choose to live and walk in christ rather than in my current ways. That's basically what salvation is. And if, for those of you that have been around a while, uh, it's basically the prayer of salvation is, I think it's the ABC. Does anyone know this, this thing? No? Okay, it's the ABCR. Okay, so basically, you know, I was told this very early on that when you want to pray for someone to become a Christian, you go ABCR. Okay, so it's basically accept, believe, Confess, receive. Yeah. ABCR. Accept, believe, commit, receive. Okay, so you basically say, I'm admitting that I've got it wrong. I'm believing that Jesus died for me. I'm committing my life to you and I'm receiving the Holy Spirit to, to change my life and walk, walk that way. Okay, so we say a simple prayer and, uh, and that's salvation. Um, and the question is, is that, is this, is this the full story? And so I was starting to think, you know, salvation 
is the start of a journey. It's not, it's not the full story. So we all have uh, a testimony. We all have a moment where we can say, this is the moment that we, we prayed that prayer and we found salvation. So I became a Christian when I was 15 at school. It was, it was in a lunch break in a, in a Christian union meeting and, um, and basically met the Holy Spirit. I'd never had any experience in church, met the Holy Spirit, became a Christian at school. That was the moment of my salvation. Now, I distinctly remember going forward for prayer. So we, we, you know, we, he did a prayer, the Holy Spirit came upon me, and he said, right, come down the front if you want to get prayer, and went down the front, and I was expecting this massive moment, this big kind of like kapow moment where I'd sort of almost like see my old self disintegrate and disappear, and this new glowing Keith would appear. And the teacher prayed for me, and all I remember from that prayer is that he had really bad breath. And basically nothing else really happened. And I was like, is this it? Is this, is this what happens? Um, because the issue is that uh, salvation on its own is only the start of the story. So that moment was only the start of my story. It wasn't a moment that changed everything. It was, a, it was the start of a continual change. It was the start of a process. So for, so for salvation to truly have an impact, it has to lead to transformation. So Jesus showed us how to live a transformed life. So Jesus, you know, God sent Jesus to the earth to show what the future looked like, what heaven looked like, and dragged a bit of heaven into the now. And that's what Jesus was doing, was showing us his life. I heard this really cool thing this week. Uh, this girl did this, this talk that I listened to, and she said, every year I have this little, I have, try and have a new phrase. I ask God to give me a phrase to sort of just to remind myself through that year to sort of, to sort of help improve myself. And she said, this year's phrase is really simple. It's just Jesus walked. And I was like, what? And she said, she said, I'll say it again. The phrase for this year is Jesus walked. And then she said, and what the reason why that's important to me is because it's a good reminder that when we think and read the Gospels and when we read about Jesus, our, our natural inclination is to go to the big stuff it's to go to the miracles it's to go to the the moments where the big things happened but we don't always look at the the full life of Jesus we focus on the on the successful bits the good bits the big bits you know you imagine if Hollywood was making the movie now they'd focus on all the big stuff you know a movie's not that exciting when it's just a guy sat on his own up a mountain praying or when he's just walking casually from one place to another. But she said, Jesus walked. And it's really stuck with me. And I started reading the Gospels again. And I'm like, Jesus didn't rush. Like, there's, there's moments where literally someone runs up to him and goes, Jesus, someone's dying over here. They need you. And he's like, yeah, yeah, in a minute. That's cool. And then he takes his time. And it's like, he gets there. Someone's dead. And it's still not, not an issue. And everyone's like, oh, if only, you'd, you know, if only you'd listened when I told you. And I just think, for a lot of us, it's about understanding that we just need to walk. That we don't want to rush from one place to another. That we don't want to always be busy. Like, Jesus wasn't busy. He only dealt with stuff that was in front of him. He dealt with being present in every moment. You know, he would walk places and bump into people and have experiences and deal with those things at the time. He'd never say, can't deal with that right now, just got to go and sort this out. Let's put a date in the diary, let's have a coffee or whatever. So Jesus walked. 
So what I'd like us to do now, again, is take another 30 seconds right now. Just close our eyes again and just say, God, where is it you want me to stop? Where is it you want me to calm down? Where is it you want me to stop rushing? Where do I need to walk? Okay, so salvation has to lead to transformation. The issue we have is that uh, for for it to lead to transformation, often that comes from obedience. And this comes back to what Paul started, I think, this series or previous series with talking about being communers, not consumers. And that's part of the issue for us, particularly in our Western culture, is it's difficult not to be consumers because we are drilled constantly from the day we're born with marketing and advertising to consume to consume to consume but this is what the bible says luke 9 23 says then he said to them all whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves take up their cross daily and follow me take up our cross daily galatians 2 20 says i've been crucified with christ and i no longer live but christ lives in me the life i live in the body I live by faith the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I've been crucified with Christ. We're much more focused on the resurrection than we are on the crucifixion, particularly when it relates to our own lives. Philippians 1.21 For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. The thing is, I became a Christian at 15. I went through a load of exciting sort of younger years was going to change the world. We talked about revival. People like Gerald and Christine and many others inspired us to believe anything was possible. But I became a Christian and I felt like becoming a Christian, salvation would lead to happiness. And I wasn't really looking for transformation. I was looking for happiness. I was looking for, for you become a Christian and everything gets made right. You've got all these problems, don't worry. Become a Christian, it'll all be all right. But it isn't. It doesn't work like that. And what happened is I got to a point where... I gradually lost the youthful energy and exuberance of what I was, you know, what I was expecting and looking for and gradually started getting into this cycle of, well, where is this? You know, I was coming to church and feeling frustrated and feeling like, well, this is, this is the same thing. We're going around and around again. I'm expecting to see the same answers to prayer. I'm expecting God to move in these situations and I'm not seeing it. And you're going through this cycle. It's disco time. We're going to pause and disco. So it wasn't what I expected. And, um, and I, I, had this, I had this view that you'd come to church to be filled up to, to get you through the week. I had this sense, it's almost like, you know, you fill your car with petrol on a Sunday. And by the next Sunday, you're like, you run out and you need to refill again. And I had this sense that that's what church was. And I realised only recently, which is crazy, I've been a you know, Christian for over 30 years, that actually it's the opposite. We should be filled up every day to come to church to bring what God's told us and bring what God said to us and bring how God's transformed our lives and bring stories of how the transformation in our own lives has transformed other people's lives to bring it into this context, to share it in community and have that, that Pentecost moment, have those moments of 
complete joy in sharing each other's lives, of younger children carrying the hands of older children, of each of us holding each other's hands through, through dark times, difficult times. You know, just this, this week, it's been one of the toughest weeks I've had for a long time. I've got a, f- a friend who's a church leader whose marriage is breaking down. I've got another friend who was a church leader who's had to give up his church leadership um, because of the way he managed people in the past. I've got another friend whose wife has uh, got mental health issues and has got suicidal thoughts. Another friend who's uh, one of his closest friends just passed away in the night. No medical issues, nothing. In their 40s. And he's broken. And you're dealing with these things and you're like, oh my goodness, how do I deal with this stuff? But I have to bring it to God daily. I can't store that stuff up and come to church and expect God to deal with it like that because it doesn't happen. But we, we live in a culture where we expect the suddenly without the constantly. We don't want to do the constantly. We don't want to do the hard work. We want the suddenly. We see success stories, what we believe are success stories of people that have done stuff, made it. You know, whether they're business people or film actors or singers or whoever they are, sports people, and we go, they've made it. But we don't want to see the work they've put in to get there or the sacrifices they've made to get there. We just want the moment. We're not, we're not, you know, you read the Bible, and even when we read the Bible, like I said about Jesus' life, we read the suddenly moments, but we don't read the constantly moments. We read the moments where he's healed someone, but we don't read the moments before that where he's just sitting in the Father's presence. He's isolated. So we want the suddenly without the constantly. We want salvation to lead to transformation quickly, but we don't want to go through the work. And the problem is salvation without transformation, as I said, all it does is lead to frustration. And you then end up into a cycle of, 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 of without transformation, you lead up in the cycle of expectancy. I'm expecting you have these little salvation moments, re-salvations. We talk about recommitting ourselves to God. We go to wildfires or we go to a big event and we get fired up again. And we're like, yeah, we're going to go for it. It's like we've been rebirthed. And then we just don't have any transformation. Then we just get back into frustration again. And it happened with me. I went to wildfires uh, in 2019. And, and I just went there and I'd been drifting my, in my Christian walk. I'd been drifting in my, in my walk with Jesus. And I went there just to hang out with friends. And then suddenly God got hold of me and did something in me. And I had a salvation moment. I had a rebirth. I had a moment where it was like, whoa, this is what it was like when I was 15. God's got something for me here. But I had to make a decision that that would lead to transformation because it hadn't over the previous 10 years. It just led to frustration because I hadn't got transformation. I'd been going through this process and expecting something different. So I had to do something. So what did I do? I did start working for 24-7. But before that, I started trying to make more intentional relationships with people that I knew would inspire me, encourage me. started reading the Bible more, started praying more. Then I was encouraged to get up early and start praying in the mornings and find quiet times with God. And it transformed me, absolutely transformed me. Just sometimes spending 15, 20 minutes in the morning just sitting in a chair and just saying, God, I'm here, do with me what you will. I remember saying to someone, oh yeah, yeah, I have quiet times with God. I go for a run each day and I listen to a podcast. And they were like, no, 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 that's not quiet time. A quiet time is a quiet time. You know, how do we expect to hear God when we're not actually even stopping to listen to him? You know, like Kaz will say to me sometimes, are you even listening? Because she's talking to me and I'm doing something else. I'm doing something else. If you want the truth about transformation, ask Kaz. She's seen transformation in me, but it's a process. It's still going on. I still don't listen sometimes. 
Shocking. So it's a cycle. But if we allow Christ to transform us truly, it will have an impact. It will have an impact on our family, on our friends and on our community. That's the opposite of salvation without transformation is frustration. Is that salvation that leads to transformation leads to salvation. Because if we are truly transformed into the likeness of Christ, if we die to self to live in Christ, people can't get away from that. If that happens in you daily, if you daily renew your mind daily, it changes everything you do. It means that you walk into a room and you expect God to move. It's what Gerald did. He didn't go anywhere thinking, oh yeah, you know, it'd be good if God gave me an opportunity to do so. He went expecting an opportunity. He went into every situation thinking, I'm bringing something here. And the reason he did that, the reason he had these suddenly moments of being able to prophesy into people's lives, and there's people here that have said to me, Gerald said things that no one else could know about me when he prophesied over me. And there's hundreds and thousands of stories like that. The reason he could do that was because he'd done the constantly He'd done the quiet times, he'd done the Bible reading, he'd done the time with Jesus, he'd done the time worshipping in the quiet, in the, in the loneliness, in the, in the sanctuary, to be able to come into those places and bring those words. I'll never forget Al once saying to me, what you do on a Saturday night will make a difference to how God can use you on a Sunday morning. It's always stuck with me. If you stay up late, and you do things that aren't helpful, and you drink too much, or you spend too much time partying, or whatever it is, it's not, you can't expect to come to church on a Sunday morning and God to use you. It's the same when you get up in the morning. If you get up in the morning and rush into the day, and don't walk like Jesus walked, you can't expect God to use you that day. It's harder. And there's something about transformation, and I've seen it in my own life, and it's only a new thing, and I've been a Christian over 30 years, and I'm sad to say it that I've realised it this late on, but I'm glad I've realised it at all, is that transformation does lead to difference in every single day of your life. I now am having conversations with people that I wouldn't have had two years ago, or three years ago, or ten years ago, just because my daily routine has changed. I'm allowing my salvation to move into transformation, and that will lead to salvation, Most of the renewals and revivals that have happened around the world in history happen when a small group of believers become transformed by the power of Christ. Saying yes to Jesus and allowing him to break into every part of our lives, choosing to bring heaven to earth every day will lead to transformation and salvation in a community. But it's being renewed day by day. It's our daily bread. It's all, in the, it's all in the Lord's Prayer. Give us today our daily bread. It's a revelation to have daily bread. Like, why have I not seen this before? I'm, I must be stupid. And then your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's our job. So salvation leads to transformation. Transformation will lead to salvation. And let's engage in that cycle, not in the other cycle. If we allow Christ to transform us truly, it will then have an impact on our community. Do we want to hear God more clearly? Spend more time in the quiet place. Do we want people to come on an Alpha course? Don't just ask them. Show them. Let people see the transformation of Christ in your life. 
and it will affect their decisions in their lives. Romans 12, 2 says, Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind, renewing of the mind first, then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his pleasing and perfect will. So I have managed to still go over the time, even though I set my timer and been looking at it. But now it's time for us just to quickly respond. Okay, now I think we can do this. We're, not, we're supposed to finish at quarter to 12. We try and finish the meeting at quarter to 12. But we didn't start because lots of people are still drifting in at 25-2. So I figure, I figure we've, we've, gained, we've lost a bit of the start. We'll gain some at the end. That's fine. And, and it's probably going to be worth it if God wants to say something to us. So let's again go back to that response. So we started with a response. God, what is it you want to say to me? What is it you want to do with me this morning? We stopped and said, God, what is it that we need to slow down on? Where do we need to walk rather than run or rush? And so now let's, let's allow God to speak to us again. God, what is it you want to do for us? Where is it you want to transform our lives? What's the, thing, what's the step you want me to take that will bring some transformation? What's my daily bread tomorrow? What's my daily bread for the rest of this week? Kerry, maybe you could, could you play your song, is that right? Kerry's going to play a song and I want you guys just to stay in this place and just, let's just see what God's saying and if you're struggling to hear God, then listen to Kerry or look at the words on the screen and see if God speaks to you through those. God speaks to us all in lots of different ways and it's okay, that's fine. But God, what is it you want to transform in our lives? Father, we pray that you'd speak to us right now. We pray that we would leave this place transformed and being continued to transform that lord you'd help us to find daily rhythms that would bring about transformation in our lives that would bring about salvation in other people's lives father god we're not interested in people just praying the prayer we're interested in people transforming their lives and turning to you we're interested in drawing closer to jesus and closer to christ so that we may be the people you've made us to be Release us from our sin, redeem us, and draw us close to you. Places and bring hope in the 
Duh!